see my <coughs> shawl? Where is my pushmina <coughs> shawl? I have an announcement to make. I had asked you for getting okay, that just from Khan Market. Where? Huh. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> actually, first, an apology for not making this announcement sooner, and also for what happened at the wedding. I am so sorry. And for sneaking out to AvengerCon. Um, yeah, no, okay. Uh, okay. I am the light girl. You're what? Oh my god! I had no idea! Oh, Toba! <laughs> you told him already. But come on, I only told Abu. Really? Well, what are you implying? In classic Khan gossip train, <laughs> you tell Omni, mm. she tells Abu, and we over here because he always has his phone on speaker. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! <laughs> We're back with the most recent Disney Plus Marvel series, Miss Marvel. A wholesome TV show. Yeah, wholesome's a really good word for this. Earnest. It was. So, to be clear, I have no notes. Um, we have six episodes to cover, so you'll excuse me if I miss some details. But I'm I'm interested in having like a overall discussion, unless you've got some specific stuff per episode that you want to break down. I had a couple of specific things that I just liked, and yeah. a lot of it came up in like the first episode. Right. Um, this movie is done in a different style than we've seen before. Definitely. Um, and like the way that they incorporate the scenery with like technology is something we haven't seen before. They're like using CGI for good. Yeah. In this. It was really distinct. I appreciate what they did with the tone and style of this show. Uh, a much-needed break from the other Disney Plus series. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but because, uh, I mean, I would say they, their subject matter has been different, but the style has all been what you would normally expect from Marvel. Except maybe WandaVision, because WandaVision was doing, like, a fun thing. Definitely. Or at least the first five episodes. Yeah, or... yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we get, like, these little Easter eggs um, in the first episode and throughout that maybe you'll point out some, too. But, like, one of them is that she um, – I guess we should back up and just say who Ms. Marvel is. Sure. Well, you know if you're listening to this, but um, this is a series that follows Kamala Khan. She's a high schooler in Jersey City, which is nice to have another hero that's not – in New York, you know, on the outskirts at least. You can see the skyline, but it is following her as she starts to get her powers and has to deal with all all the baggage that comes with that. And it also is a dive into her personal life, and it's the first Muslim character and superhero that we have. And we get a lot of um, history of her family and her culture, which is also pretty unique to this series. Yeah, and, like, she's a big fan of Marvel. It's very, like, meta. Uh, yeah, it's actually so meta that, like, there's this AvengerCon thing, which is totally believable. And then there's, like, because, I don't know if it's something with the props department, there's Marvel-branded stuff at AvengerCon, which just, you know, that's a whole other thing. Like, is what what's the deal with that? 
Who's yeah. making these products? It it's a little too meta, but it works for like the universe that they've built. That there would oh be. yeah, like of course there's going to be a kid that's a super fan of superheroes. I mean, how could you not? Right. I mean, they played with it like a teeny tiny bit in Iron Man three, but right. nothing like this. Um, and one of the things she's doing is she's listening to Scott Lang's podcast, which I think is so funny um, and so accurate that of all of the. Um, "Quote unquote," here is that we have Scott is the one that has a podcast. Like I'm begging you, please release an episode of the Scott Lang podcast. Like I need to hear this because presumably that's how everybody knows all of these nitty gritty details about the events of Avengers Endgame. Because like who else would be just blabbering on about it except Scott? And he wasn't even there. He was he was at the compound when everything went down. You know, maybe what you know when when the Killed Thanos for good. He was there. Oh, I thought he was like, you know, away, like with Clint. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. He would have heard stories. Yeah, I guess at the end of Endgame, he was there. Um, Anyway, so there's stuff like that. We also get high school vibes, which is very similar to what we had in uh, Spider-Man. There's also, like, I could see this series slotting in really well with um, Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. Um, It helps that they're in New York, but there are lots of things where I'm like, oh, I could really see these fitting together in the future, specifically Spider-Man and Kate Bishop. Well, it seems like that's going to... Well, maybe not Spider-Man, but for Kate Bishop and Miss Marvel, I wouldn't be surprised if they meet up at some point. Like, Uh, we get this, like, quirky counselor, Mr. Wilson. I wanted more of him. Well, so... Yeah, I mean, so my main qualm with the series is I was, I'm going to be honest, like, I was, I was fairly, I was reasonably excited for this show. Like, it was certainly for me, like, on a a somewhat lower level. I don't think the trailers for this show were very good. I think it did it a disservice. I think that's hard for a TV show. It was. Um, But, like, you know, like, WandaVision and Loki, those had really good trailers. But in any case, I mean, there was, like, a lot of bullshit about this show, like, the the wokeness and people had a problem that it was a Muslim character and people had a problem that the tone appeared to be targeted at like a younger audience, whatever. I, it, it wasn't about that. I was just like, I don't really know this character and I'm not like getting hyped over it. Cause I don't, I don't know why I, I am meant to get hype over it, but like, I want to say like the first three episodes, love, love, love. Like they had such a, strong idea of what they were going to do and their execution was like 10 out of 10 lost me with the fourth and fifth landed strong with the finale um that was just like that's my overall thing that i just wanted to say yeah like they did well at the beginning with like high school um like the friendships at high school but then they take it they leave town and that's kind of where a lot of the failings happen. But they needed to do it to also explore like some of this culture stuff that I did like. But they just didn't do it well enough. And it was just like what you were saying, like having, like wanting more of the counselor. I wanted more of this stuff in Jersey City, period. Like more of the high school stuff. I'm like, why did you feel the need to like pull out and like go to this? Like, why do we have to travel? Yeah, uh, her like, having like small to, potato stuff to do in town. Like, why do we have to go to Pakistan? Like, I get, I get why, I, the story that they wanted to tell, but, like, Kevin Feige, man, you gotta stop what I'm assuming is this six-episode mandate. 
because there wasn't enough time to tell both of these stories how they should be told. The stuff in Pakistan could have been really cool, but they, like, smashed it into that. Like, the runtime was crazy. Like, I think it was the fourth episode that was, like, it was, like, over in a blink because they just kept, like, explaining stuff and, like, introducing new characters. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I think this story would have been better served to keep the first season in Jersey City, build mystery around her family, the, what is it, Jens? Yeah, um, the Jen, the clandestine. The clandestines, like, build mystery around that, but they're not part of the f- season one. She's just, like, doing, like, kind of Spider-Man, like, small stuff around town. Yeah. Do stuff with this, like, influencer character. Yeah. Like, like, keep it fun. Damage control is a great villain for, yeah. for this. I mean, And she keeps having to, like, avoid them and then hint at this bigger stuff and save that for season two. Like, yeah. I guess they don't know yet what all of these series are going to do. Like, if this is even going to have a season two. We don't know. But, like, they just, they threw it too much at the wall, I guess. Yeah. I'm and just we didn't, like, that villain who was a fucking badass and scary is already gone maybe i mean i i, I mean, can see her coming back somehow I there guess, were some but. redeemable parts of episodes four and five in my opinion but like the clandestines like sucked like they were i don't know like what happened i guess they got people that are really good at writing like characters like kamala and high schoolers and stuff and then they're like hey can you also write like these like, for some reason, multi-dimensional villains. I'm like, what? what are like, Kamran was good. Yeah, Kamran was great, but it was the other ones. I was just like, what are the stakes? Why is it all happening so fast? Their stakes were on a different level. They're like, this is a world-ending thing. I'm like, why? Why can't we just have Kamala, like, dealing with some, like, low-level bullshit? Also, like, they were in a comic. The, those villains were in a comic. Yeah. Like, they were so over the top. I felt like I was watching an old school comic book movie, which would have been fine. And I, I think that was kind of the general vibe. But, like, not if you wanted to fit in with the rest of the MCU. I also just thought, like, it was just... for Yeah, the comic book vibe, sure. But also, it was just, like, bad. Like, the pacing of, like, what they were trying to do and, like, their whole plot was bad. Like, Kamala's like, can you give me, like, fucking five minutes to think about this? And they're like, no, we're going to ruin your brother's wedding and try to kill you. It's like, why? Why? Like, I'm not really used to, like, such an earnest and traditional storytelling of a comic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this was. Even, like, the damage control villains, like, I kept waiting for there to be some sort of joke or some something else to them as characters being like, oh, they're just putting on airs because they're really doing this. But, like, no, they were just straight up, like, super racist, super, like, bad at their job, yep. like, dunderheads, like, just straight up villains. <laughs> dunderheads. I, and also, like, this is this might come across as uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slander, and I guess in a way it is. The scene where they, d- the in the most uh, effective display of strength that the Department of Damage Control has, they somehow capture the clandestines. And then the next time we see them, they're being walked through what looks like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. budget level set. Kind of looks like a sewer, and they just have them all chained to a pipe. And, oh, like, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I thought, like, Department of Damage Control was, like, 
some high level shit. Like, what is this? What is this who, prison? Who is overseeing damage the, control? The Jersey City precinct <laughs> has no funding. Like, what role are they gonna have in the future? I don't know. Like, I I wish they would kind of make up their minds. Like, what is what even is the federal government in the MCU? What like what? How many how many departments do we have? It's like, well, Shield's gone, but. DODC and Sword. Well, I guess Sword was still. We don't fucking know. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, which I guess I mean I guess I don't really need that answered, but it was just kind of it was kind of like an episode of Agents of Shield. Yeah, it was like, like back to that kind and like of not in a good way. Like Agents of Shield time. had good stuff, but it also had like the clandestines could have been like a low level villain from like the first season that everyone forgets about. Um, a couple of other. Just things to point out. Brown Jovi. I don't remember the context, but that was really funny. Brown Jovi was the Bon Jovi cover band. Right, They yes. played at the wedding. Incredible. Incredible. Um, the mom makes these, like, Hulk costumes that are, like, traditional, like, Muslim Pakistani outfits. And it is incredible. They're incredible. And then Kamala, Kamala makes your dad cry. a dick about it. Like, that it was so freaking cute. I really love the mom. I like both the parents. Well, I mean, the whole family is good, but, like, whether, you know, I think it could be argued that um, her mom's turnaround on the whole topic of superheroing and stuff might have been a bit too fast, but it doesn't really matter because, like, seeing, like, how she comes around to it at the end of the series is, like, so heartwarming. Yeah. And, of course, like, her dad's just supportive the whole time. And, yeah, like, if they had spread out season one just in, like, the family drama, school drama, they could have, like, had that reveal happen a little bit later and a little bit bigger. Like, the we almost, like, don't even see the reveal. And her family's just immediately on board, which I think was heartwarming and cute. Yeah. But it was a little, like, moving on to, you know, this life-threatening situation. Right, like, what are the Illuminantes going to think about this? <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even get into that. They're the real villains. They're the real threat. Um, her powers are also cool. You can tell that they had to like kind of save their budget on how much she got to use them, which is disappointing. Um, but they they look cool. Yeah. I don't know how well they'll hold up to time. Well, I mean, anything, all the stuff that they did is better than the alternative, which would have been like keeping her comic powers like one to one, which is basically like Mr. Fantastic, except she can like make herself bigger. She did that a little bit. Yeah, but, like, it helps to have... It would have looked really, like, shitty and rubbery, I think. And people were upset because, like, the whole, like, being able to create, like, these platforms and stuff, like, that's not her power set at all in the comics. It's really just the stretching and getting bigger and stuff. But I thought it was really cool. The budget stuff definitely showed. Like, I forget. It was in one of the episodes in Pakistan. Every time that she would use her powers in a fight scene... They would like cut away, <laughs> and you would see like a little like purple tinge. I'm like, come on, guys! But it it really came through in the finale. It looked great there. So yeah, I thought I thought that was good. I think um, overall that change was worth it. The change in the powers. The powers, yeah. And at the end of the day, like she has the same powers, just also has this like light manipulation stuff, which looks cool. So yeah, it's and a win-win. It's, it's very visual. Um, the other, like, I mean, we were kind of out the gate a little negative with all the 
gen stuff. I just needed to get that out of my system. Um, but I think overall, like it was, sh- like you, like Griffin said, the first couple episodes were really strong. And the last episode was really strong. In the middle, I was getting like Eternals vibes, and not in a good way with like the Celestials and the clandestines just like this, or whatever. Yeah, like lore dump, and it doesn't. Well, and I mean. I would say it doesn't really matter. I mean, we'll probably see Celestials again. If I had to guess, we're never going to see or hear about the clandestines again. Like, they, they, I don't know what Comron's up to, but, like, as far as I can tell, they'll probably just dump that plot point because they know, they must know people were not fans. They know what people liked from the show, and that was not it. Um, but the things I did, like, probably number one about this show because it was so different. It actually kind of reminded me of uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the cartoon, is like camera angles, for one. They did a lot of fun stuff with like how things were shot. Like they do this like upside down thing. Like when she doesn't even have power, she's just like frustrated and she just like lays down on the couch and like the whole uh, camera spins. It's like they didn't need to do that, but it just like made the um, filming of it so dynamic. And then... As we already, like, a little bit mentioned, they really incorporated technology into, like, the scenery. Like, whenever there were text messages being sent, which all movies and TV shows have struggled with this, like, they would make it part of, like, the billboard on, like, a sign or, like, on the convenience store or, like, as they were flying, like, on the side of the airplane. Like, it was just, they they did really fun and cool Again, I, I, I don't have another word for it. Like, comic booky things into the scenery. Yeah, it was just, they made an effort. It's like, we're not just going to show text bubbles and stuff. It's, let's give this a signature visual style. And it's memorable. It felt modern, too. Yeah. Like, some things I like about Marvel is that it does, like, have this timelessness. But this movie, like, really pushed us into modernness. And I have a feeling She-Hulk is also going to be... I hope so. Modern. Uh, I know I heard some people say that they got Scott Pilgrim vibes from that visual oh, stuff, too, yeah. which totally makes sense. Yeah, and, like, again, the visual style was so crucial to the enjoyment of those first three episodes, and they do none of it in the fourth and fifth, which is why I think part of it is, is hurt by that. And I, I've bitched about this before, and I think we talked about it in another Disney Plus series episode but again it's like the directors that um were doing like the first two episodes i think or at least like was written by the people that created the show someone had a a really good grasp on this character okay so the first and last episodes were directed by the same pair of directors and i'm like guys clearly they were on to something and like there's no way that they could watch the first and final episodes compared to four and five, which were directed by a different person and be like, these are of the same quality. And I do think that the person that directed the fourth and fifth episodes, who is a Pakistani Canadian journalist who does, who has like a history of like incredible work, like highlighting inequality with women and documentaries. Yeah. She's, she's a documentarian like that is great, but it was not the right fit. It was, a, like, a lot of action work and, like, plot dumps that needed to be, like, balanced out with the action stuff. And it just, like, wasn't there. It was not there. Uh, and, I mean, you could use the excuse, like, they're not, they're out in a different scenery. So, like, some of that stuff didn't stay. But I don't know. And, like, the scenery, it just, like, looked 
I thought it looked very fake. Like, I felt like we were on a set um, for, like, a lot of the fight scenes and stuff. And it wasn't. The fact that it's not on a set and it looked like it was on a set is bad. Like, they were shooting on a location in Thailand, like, doing a lot of stuff there, like, on the streets. And it all, yeah, it came off kind of... I feel like I was watching, like, an episode of Book of Boba Fett with that fight, that I, chase scene. I thought I was, like, in a Broadway show of, like, Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, that one part where they're, where, like, the mom dies. Yeah. Not, like, um... Najma. Not the, Najma dies. The... Yeah, not her grandmother. No, no. The other lady. Yeah, that part felt like I was on a set of a musical. (laughs) And I mean, like, I'm going to try to turn this around to be a bit more positive. But on that note, when they all, when the clandestines all die, that, like, fucking skeleton effect, terrible. Terrible. What even was that? (laughs) I thought it was a joke. I kept waiting for things to be like, (laughs) just kidding. Like, I don't know. It just... (laughs) The skeleton was so bad. It looked like something out of, like, I don't even know what it looked like. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, that was, like, some 90s-level CGI. Like, some weird mix of, like, we have an actual skeleton, and we're going to, like, fade this person into, like... Also, we have all this stuff with, like, Bruno doing, like, math about, like, this big event of them trying to open up this portal, and then it just, like, kind of opens accidentally. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, that whole scene was, like, so, like, cliche. It was, like, I have to do it. And Kamala's, like, no, don't. It'll kill you. And I'm, like, I don't care. Come I don't, on. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I don't. I really don't know what happened. The traditional superhero stuff I did like a lot is that Kamala has uh, three-plus suitors, mm-hmm. um, which is... I like very um, Superman, very um, even Peter Parker. Like she's got a lot of options. And I think that's very fun for her. Just and I, juggling. I'm open to all of them. Yep, I'm open to all of it. Um, Loved Bruno mostly. Bruno was a great character, and again, he should have had more time. I don't know. You know, maybe he'll pop up in the Marvels. Who can say? Yeah. They they swing by Caltech for something. Do you want to say what you know about him, the actor? Yeah. uh, This guy, whose name I have completely forgotten, uh, was one of the front runners to play Peter Parker in the MCU. Uh, It was between him and Tom Holland and some other guy, maybe Asa Butterfield, I think. Um, So it is, it's cool to see that he has come back around. Obviously, it's a bit bit smaller of a part compared to Spider-Man. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. I mean, yeah, it's it's a great role for him to have, and I thought he was he was a great addition to the cast of the show. He I, was a good actor. Yeah, and I liked his interactions with Kamala's family too. Yeah, like all all the stuff with. I mean, I loved this. Like in the first episode, he is like leaving to like go. I don't know. Like they're Home. having dinner or something, and Kamala's mom just like suddenly comes out with like this huge stack of food that she whipped up in thirty seconds. Yeah. And he's like helping the dad with like this his technology yeah. and like it's just so fun. Um, yeah, he had to hold a lot of emotional weight of the uh, show, and I think he did a really good job. The other stuff that I really enjoyed about this movie is the community aspect, and like specifically at the mosque. And so, not only is this character Muslim, but like that was such a important part of this story is. Um, they built all of this time with her friend that's running for like the board position. Um, Her 
brother is like learning to be um I don't know like what that word is but like the priest version Mm -hmm. of um for like Muslims and like I don't know I just and they spend a lot of time there and like all the damage control stuff to like showcase like you know (laughs) the racism is alive and well in the federal government um and there was like a part at the very end where um they want to like take her in damage control and like the whole community like surrounds her very similar to the Miles Morales video game where they all protect him. It's like very much community building. Like I love that was like, again, some of the strongest parts of this show. Yeah. They just did a really good job of hammering and like how important that, that group of people and that culture is to Kamala. And I mean, like I'm not, I'm not Muslim. And, like, I don't understand or, like, know anything about, like, the culture. But, like, I came out of it, like, really. I just thought it was so cool. It's such a breath of fresh air. Like, that's not something that you see ever. Well, yeah, we haven't gotten, like, any religion. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad that, like, this is. I mean, and it wasn't even, like, in a preachy type of religious way. It's just, like, here's. It's about community. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, like, so, so cool. I really liked that aspect of the show. I thought they did a really, really good job with that. Um, I mean, yeah, so I don't really have too much else to say about the other ones because, I mean, the other episodes four and five, I mean, outside of Jersey City. The well, to- what about the other guy that well, gets introduced? The other um, suitor. So we have Bruno, we have Kamran, and then we have that other guy. The Red Dagger guy? Yeah. What do you think about the Red Daggers, I guess, in general? Undercooked. Yeah. Am I supposed to care about these guys? Because, like, we get the, the mentor, and then he dies 20 minutes later, and... And they've apparently been going after these... I'm like, this is the culmination of, like, a, what, like, centuries-long conflict? Like, the Red Dagger is, like, this... I'm, yeah. What the hell happened? We really dropped in and dropped out of that. Yeah, I was like, I don't give a shit that this guy died. Oh, and I, I, we almost forgot to actually talk about the one episode where we go back in time. Well, I was going to say that. Yeah. That was what I thought was the coolest I part of that, that whole part. sequence. Because, like, we had this, although I'm going to, I, I have a complaint about this too, but I thought that was, like, having Kamala, like, dropped into that situation along with the audience was really cool because, obviously, we had gotten, like, a glimpse of the train, and there were, like, a lot of mentions made about the partition and like the effect that that had on Kamala's family, but we didn't know what it meant. But the big thing that I think they didn't cover, which I think is it's okay. They didn't need to hit everything was like why, um, Aisha was like hated by the family. Didn't really seem like she did anything wrong. Like Kamala's mom was like, we don't talk about her. I'm like, what'd she do? Cause all the stuff that we saw in this episode, I'm like, she didn't really do anything wrong. Did she? Yeah. I think it was more that, um, her mom would talk about her mom being, like, magical and stuff. Yeah. And that ostracized their family from the community. It's fucked up, Not man. so much, like, Aisha specifically. Yeah, but her mom was like, we don't we don't say that name in this house. Right, because, like, her name, when people would talk about her, they're like, oh, you're just crazy. You're talking about your mom again. Yeah. Who, like, Ugh. just, like, left you or, like, whatever. Um, or there were rumors about her being, like, from another world, but, like, it was bad. Like, right. Because jinns have a bad yeah, reputation. Yeah, they're demons. Um, but yeah, I just like realized that, well, I didn't even, I can't take the credit for that. I saw a comment being like, what happened to like all that? But that, that makes sense. I think that's probably how we're supposed to interpret it. Um, and I do like that it's, uh, this also happens in the third Harry Potter book where you think like, I'm waiting for like this thing to happen that I know is supposed to happen. 
and like like that happened in history but oh it's me that it's like fate it's a fate-based yeah. universe like it was going to be me this whole time coming back and so we're in like a time loop which is a little interesting for marvel because marvel has danced around whether we're in a fate-based universe or not i think we are but there have been some exceptions to that rule <laughs> I don't think they know. I am calling your bluff, Marvel. We have, there's no, there's no rules. There's too many rules, so there's no rules of time travel in this universe. I'm not going to think about it anymore. I don't know if I just explained that phenomenon very well, but I think y'all get it. Yeah. No, you've, if you've seen. It's when Harry Potter thinks that his dad is going to come and do the stag, but it was really him all along. Yeah. You know and he deal. knew he could do it because he'd already done it. Right. And Kamala <laughs> guided Aisha or um, Muniba to the train. Um, no, not, not Muniba. I don't know. She guided her to the her train. Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool. I did think the entire time that Aisha was coming back until that episode where she dies. Yeah. And that was upsetting. I was really anticipating her. Cause I'm like, making oh, they already introduced this time travel stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that would have been nice, but oh well. Yeah. But that, epi- I liked that episode. Um, which was what episode four? That was five. five. That was five. Four was definitely the low point. But I guess they come back in five, and that's when they have the death scene. Um. Yeah. So that that part of it I didn't like. Episode five also had one of the worst endings of an episode of TV that I've ever seen in my life. Because they they spent all this time like the time travel stuff, great. Other stuff in Pakistan, not so great. And then because the stuff. The, the clandestines all die, then they are like, I guess we need to go see Kamran again. Well, their power goes into Kamran. Right. So we cut to Kamran, and he's talking to Bruno, and then the fucking convenience store gets blown up, and it ended in a way that I swear to God, both of us were like, huh? Like, I thought I had, like, missed something. Yeah. Because it, it blows up, and then I swear to God, it cuts to cuts to credits like halfway through the explosion. It was it was so fast. I honestly think it was an editing mistake. Something seemed <laughs> off. You know what? Actually, the show reminds me of. It's not necessarily Agents of Shield. It's it feels like a CW show. Oof. Yes, it does. It got real CWE in there. Like it's kind of like corny, like a CW show, but it's like you know still doing like all this supernatural stuff and. I, it is a little insulting to say that, but I also love some CW shows, so it, it's um, out of a place of love for me personally. But it, and it also, it's like because of their budget, like they can only do so much. Yeah, like a CW show, like they're doing like like Charmed is doing like all this like high supernatural stuff, but like they only have a TV show budget, so they have to like um, do what they can. They they do make do. Yeah. No, episode four for sure was definitely a CW episode. I I mean all of it kind of I was. see no lies. I I mean, yeah, I think the writing for the episodes that we liked is better than any CW show. But when it got when it got rough, it definitely and I'm not saying they're all terrible. I remember there being some episodes of Era that I actually liked in the second season, but which is all to say, I think we're at the finale, both of us, yes. generally speaking. And I was very worried about them um, being able to pull off the finale because I think that's been, that's a point of contention for the Disney Plus series. Um, the finale that I liked a lot, which is Loki, some people fucking hated the Loki finale. Um, I think people liked the WandaVision finale at first, 
and now they have all turned on it. Um, Moon Knight, eh. It's, it's just like the, you know, these shows are about the journey, not the destination a lot of the time, I guess. But they, they came back strong they did. with the finale. They really did. And I felt like, I even felt like in the early scenes of the last episode, I was like, oh, like they got, they got their groove back. It takes place at the school. As we've already said, we like all the school stuff, even though no one's there. We get a lot of family stuff. Um, we have like stuff going on at the mosque too. Like it's a lot of um, running around. Like they have a specific goal in mind, and they have a time crunch, which helps yeah. anything. Clandestines <laughs> get mentioned like one time. Yeah. To address it with Kamran, the DODC is the main villain. She has to tell him his mom died, and she like doesn't, which is it's dicey. just a, she just like I'm sorry, it's just, like, I didn't say I it. I don't really want to tell you this, but <laughs> I'm just gonna like not say anything, and you'll get the point. Also, like Kamran's character like bounced around a lot. Like, is he gonna be a bad guy? Is he gonna be a good guy? We don't know. He he's, went. Through he's a chilling journey. with the red dagger, red red daggers now, so he's fine. We get to see his powers, which are a little bit different than yeah. Kamala's. Yeah, Kamala's. Um, yeah, that's, I've, I've been, I've been conditioned to be like, it's Kamala, not Kamala. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. VP. Well, the, um, I mean, there's like a lot of like really great family interactions in the last episode, but I, I loved that it was her mom that gave her the suit. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I think that was so cool. Like, you know, did she sew it? Did she get it made? from somewhere in Pakistan like we don't know but what I do know is that it's her mom like being like I'm I care enough and like trust you enough to like give you this yeah and like I support you doing this even though she earlier she wouldn't even let her go to this con by herself yeah I guess she's like kind of I don't know I don't know you know she's gone on this journey like what am I gonna do right like what am I doing by like stifling you right like and I feel like that would have played out in a positive way, whether or not she had superpowers, it would have just been maybe just, like, a realization of, like, oh, like, I'm going to let you have a bit more freedom in life. Also, I think <laughs> seeing her mom, like, reminded her that her mom let her go, like, off to America. So she kind of, like, subtly, like, learned the lesson, like, I need to let Kamala do her own thing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the whole thing in the school, uh, having, like, we get like some home alone skyfall action of like trap setting and yeah. making plans and uh Zoe's there. Yeah, that was really funny and random. I was like I not expecting her to yeah. come back. And then Amir's there, who we haven't really talked about him at all. The but brother. He's, he's a great character he's too. Great. Which jumping back, we, we barely even mentioned it. But that wedding scene was really great. Loved the whole the dance, like, dance scene, sequence. Yeah. But him being there is so funny and it's like Clearly, they just wanted to bring him in, but they were like, yeah, you need a chaperone, which I thought was hilarious because, yes, this is still, like, a 15-year-old. Yeah. And he's just, like, so consistent. Like, his writing, his dialogue is so good because he's, like, you know, trying to be a holy man, but he's also, like, such a little shit older brother to uh, Kamala. Like, like, he's he's got to do his thing, but but still, like, yeah, there's no way. Um, Yeah, so I, I really loved all that. And you know they they did a they did a solid job holding off the uh, damage control guys. They're really bad at their jobs. They're really bad at their jobs. Yeah. For someone they're in like full of tactical gear. I know. Like and and they get pelted by softballs. You would think that someone that's as much of a hard ass as uh, Deaver would have like more 
I guess uh, they're like distinguished they are people trying and... not to like kill these like children. Yeah, until they get outside, and then they start shooting them with actual bullets. Yeah, just just like it's the rough. guy from Sword, it, it runs in the the Marvel government, it's trying to shoot children. Um, and then we get that like community moment um, at the end. There, Kamran makes the right choice and gets away. Yeah, I was worried about him. I'm like, what are they gonna do here? Like, is he just gonna like blow himself up? But no. He, he, I guess, goes through the sewer. I don't know how he, he gets over there somehow. Yeah, she puts a hole in the... Successfully escapes. Yeah. So I was happy for him. I don't, again, like, I don't know in what capacity we'll ever see any of these characters again. I, I hope that there is a second season of this show. But if not, you know, I'm not really assuming they're going to turn up in the Marvels. Well, you mean her friends or her? Yeah, her friends. Okay. Like that, the whole supporting cast of this two big things got dropped at the end here yeah it's been really hard to just not talk about (laughs) like the the first big bomb dropped which is that it's bruno's like looking at her dna and he's like it's not genetic it's a mutation and then it plays the little from the 90s x-men cartoon and the whole internet went nuts i mean i was very like nervous being like what's the deal because everyone no one said the the m word before no no not even in dr strange no they just had him there and i don't know when when the powers when when she was announced to have a show everyone's like oh like we're doing in humans now like we're gonna we're finally gonna like just not have them be in their shitty tv show and also kind of in agents of shield and then they changed her powers and like there were like implications that the origin would be changed and people were like, uh, and then I remember it was either in episode like two or three, they're talking about the gin and like the different names that the gin have had over mm-hmm. the generations. And people swore there was going to be like, they called us demons, blah, Mutants. blah, blah, or inhumans. Cause it was, people oh. really thought it was going to be, they called us inhumans and then it didn't happen. Kevin been like on the inhuman train. No, he was on the anti-Inhuman train. Oh, okay. Because there were go- there was going to be an Inhumans movie, and then when the whole like organizational shakeup happened, it got removed, and they made that show instead. But um, yeah, I mean, so this was like a big a big change, and I think it makes sense because in my my uh, simple research that I've done about this change in character was that there's like the Inhumans like Black Bolt that was in Doctor Strange. And that's like the inhuman like royal family. They like live on the moon. They are extra dimensional beings. Like they've got their own shit going on. And then in the comics, they introduced like this whole thing, like in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., these people that get exposed to this mist and it like awakens like dormant powers. Right, which is how they did it in the video game. Right, right? yeah. So like I was like, kind of thinking that would happen somehow or it was like revealed that she had already been exposed to it or something. But what I read about was that the whole idea of like these exposed, they called them like new humans was because Marvel was like, we don't have the film rights to X-Men. So we're going to scale back on like the number of mutants and mutant comics that we're doing because we want people to like know about these other characters. So they started really piling on the inhuman stuff, which some people didn't like. Because they were, like, pushing out X-Men and replacing them with these new characters. And apparently, like, Quake 
who is Daisy and Agents of Shield, that's like her superhero right. name, and Miss Marvel were like the two big, like, new human characters. Have has um, Ms. Marvel ever been uh, a, a, a mutant? mutant? No, like she's her whole, like whole thing is being like an inhuman. Um, but like, it it really makes sense because like the whole like new human like dormant genes, you know, coming to light thing. That's just mutants. Like, it, there's no room to have both of those things right. going on. So, or there's no reason to make a distinction. Right. Like it's, and like she says, she's like, it's just a label. Like, oh, and, yeah, but no, I, funny. I thought like this was crazy. And Iman Vellani, who plays Kamala, who's also like a newcomer. And this is like her first like acting role ever, which is crazy. She's also such a Marvel nerd, like serious Marvel nerd. And she did like a interview after the final episode came out and she like read the script. She was the only one that got the script like before that it had that line in it. And she like called Kevin Feige and was like, yo, are you serious? Like, <laughs> and she was like so honored to be like the first mutant. Yeah. Cause like she, the implication, you know, it's pretty wild. I was not expecting that. And then the other thing that happens is she's like playing with her powers. And then all of a sudden she disappears. And then who should come, but Brie Larson, Carol Danvers, the other, the other Marvel. Captain Marvel herself is in Kamala's, Kamala's shrine, uh, to, shrine to her. She's just surrounded by posters of herself. So what is happening? Also, her parents are going to be so worried. Oh, yeah. Um, so here's what I've gotten from people talking about that scene. One, it's not shape-shifting. Some people thought that I was not on board. Someone was like... What? Some people, like, go on YouTube, watch people watch that. They're like, did she just turn into Captain Marvel? No. Maybe that's something comic-y that I don't know. It's like some sort of dimensional thing. Right. It's definitely... And I did notice something in one of the uh, episodes in Pakistan where Najma and the clandestines find the other... Or they find the other bangle or whatever. They find the bangle originally. Yeah, like back in the forties or something. Um, when they take it off that arm in that tomb, one, the 10 ring symbol is on the floor. Oh shit. Of course the 10 rings are. I and love then that. The arm that they take it off of, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's supposed to be just like a corpse or something. It's blue. You know, oh, also I think blue that's definitely on in the purpose. MCU is the Cree. We were an alien race in agents of shield. They were like super involved with right. like the inhuman stuff. Like they're tied into all sorts of shit. And apparently the Bengal and is, obviously Captain Marvel's. Yeah, Cree Origins, like yeah. all that stuff tied into it too. And they're somehow connected to the Bengal. Mm. And so there's another one out there somewhere. There, yeah, so they presumably talk about that. Captain Marvel found the other one and yeah, something it's happened. Yeah, something connected. Yeah. And now we're going to have to wait a fucking year and a half to see the outcome of this, which is nonsense. There's so lots of other it. stuff happening. Yeah, but this is like really compelling. And now I feel like the people that didn't give a shit about the Marvels are like, Oh, now I'm like, now I'm hooked. You know, we don't know how uh, Monica Rambo is going to play into any of this, but that'll be cool too. Yeah, so I think overall, really enjoyed it. Me too. It's a good. I know. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I, I bitched a lot, but I really thought this was this was a big W for Marvel Studios. This they they went a little bit outside their comfort zone in the style and subject matter, and it paid off. Yeah. So. Uh, keep doing that because this is really good. Yeah, I hope they continue to make choices like this. I agree. 
Um, yeah, so if you um, had some thoughts on it, send us a note. Follow us on Instagram. Drop us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Until next time, we, we are, are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. superverse.